Thanks for tuning in to Upward Way Podcast. If you're looking to be spiritually blessed, moved, and inspired, there is no doubt you are in the right place. On our show, guests recount their encounter with Christ and how their lives have been transformed through the grace and love of God. And now, please welcome our host. Hello and welcome to Upward Way. I am your host, Marlon Walters. My guest today is Children and Adolescent Ministries Director, South Bahamas Conference, Kenesha Sims. Welcome to Upward Way. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me and inviting me to be a guest at this time and share my story. Yes, it's my pleasure to have you. And I can promise to you, my listeners, that you'll be inspired by her story. Subscribe to weekly episodes on the Apple, AWR, Lord Voice, Spotify, Stitcher, or Podcast Guru apps. You're also welcome to visit Upward Way webpage and Facebook page. Click like and leave a comment. And if you enjoy the content that we have been sharing, you can also pledge your donations to ensure that in the future we continue to produce these episodes. So I'm going to start um, with one of the, let us say, the simplest, you know, for persons who are mm-hmm. familiar with children's ministries across the Caribbean and globally, you're referred to as Auntie Kay. So let me start there. You know, why mm-hmm. Auntie Kay? Ooh, why Auntie Kay? Now, here's the thing. For years, my friends would have said, oh, you need to start a YouTube channel. And I always say, no, it was a quick no. Like, nah, that's not for me. And then the pandemic hit. And I remembered the first week that we went online. Now in the Bahamas, we have a lot of islands, 700 islands in Keys. And my husband and I were living on one of the outer islands. We're now back in New Providence as the capital or as the world knows it, Nassau. But we were living in Eleuthera at that time. And so I watched the service we had for that first Sabbath when we went on Zoom. And I'm like, there was nothing for the kids. So I was like, "Ah, let me just throw something together. My exact words. Let me throw a program together. Because media and television production, that's what I have my degrees in. So that's easy for me. So the following Sabbath, I threw something together. And I realized by the end of editing the file, it was over two gigs. And I'm like, I can't send two gigs to all the parents for the children in our district. So I'm like, let me upload it to YouTube and then send them the link. Now, at the end of that Sabbath, I started receiving phone calls from persons outside of our district on the other Bahamian islands and even some international calls. And they're like, that was awesome. And honestly, I was like, what are y'all talking about? What was awesome? What has y'all so in this excitement and frizzy? And they're like, the Sabbath school program that you did. I'm like, how did you get that? I'm like, that wasn't for you. That was for the kids here in Eleuthera. That was not for y'all. How did you get that? And honestly, throughout the week, I still received phone calls. So I continued doing it, but it was not until the third upload that I did where I realized I was like, 
God, you tricked me into YouTube. <laughs> I was like, that's when I realized that I actually had started a YouTube channel. I'm like, God, yeah. If he had told me to do it, I don't think I would have. I real to be honest, I don't think if he had given me that clear vision that I would not have done it because children's ministry was never something I was interested in. I've always been in youth ministry. So all, all of a sudden this children's ministry is unfamiliar to me. I was just doing it because it's easy to do and that's what I did. But I tell persons that God tricked me <laughs> into this whole YouTube and becoming anti-gay and I became anti-gay on camera. I was like, in my intro, I was like, hello, everybody, I'm, and I did a pause, and I was like, hmm, I'm NTK, and right there <laughs> on camera, that's how I became NTK, yeah. Pretty interesting, and <laughs> as I listen to you say, you know, God somehow tricked you. Of course, we'll come back and spend some more time <laughs> enjoying, you know, that good stuff you do um, as NTK, mm -hmm. but I'm going to go back a little further now. As it relates to your faith journey, you know, where did things, you know, mm. begin? Where did your walk with Christ started? Maybe just a little about your background, you know, you can pull from my background. Your... Yes. Yes. All right. So I am second generation, Seventh day Adventist on my mom's side. But, and I, yes, and I'm also second generation Adventist on my dad's side. So I grew up in the church, I know nothing but the church. However, um, of course, growing up, you participate in Sabbath school, you do what you're asked. Evidently, I was told that I could sing, so I was always singing, but I never spoke. No one knew that I had the gift of speaking or hosting because I always sang. But at the age of 18, I moved to New York and I didn't like it. And so I returned home to the Bahamas and when I returned home, it's like, you know, when you're removed from a situation, when you return, you see things differently. I started to see church and church members and, and just how church operated. Like the only thing I honestly saw were a bunch of hypocrites. And so I called my dad. I was like, daddy, you know what? I'm done with church. I'm not doing this anymore because it's just a bunch of hypocrites. It's a, like I was finished. And he said one thing to me. He was like, so what are you going to church for? Are you going to church for God? Are you going to church for people? And when I tell you, I'm a debater. Like I could have rebuttals. But when he said that, I was stunned. Nothing, nothing out of my mouth to respond to him. And that hit me like a ton of bricks. And at that moment, I had a decision to make. Why am I really in church? What was I going to do now that, I'm, now that I was faced with such a profound question? And so I had to look in the mirror and then I had to decide, what am I going to do? So it was at that moment, my journey with Christ. <laughs> it's been a journey. Yeah, it's, it's been my I began walking this road called Christianity, like truly wanting to know who Jesus is for myself. Now, did I become who I am in Christ today at that moment. Oh no, <laughs> it's, it was definitely a long, a long journey, but that would have been the catalyst for me saying, you know what? Today I choose God and not people, but God. Well, there's a statement which says the journey of a thousand miles begins with the first step. And since you are 
on that journey mm-hmm. what is it what is it that let us say kept you what was it that kept you grounded that you know caused you to really mm-hmm. grow and bloom and mm-hmm. bear fruit <laughs> mm-hmm. as a child of god i like that you said i like that you said bloom and fruit because what really kept me was nature i love being outside I love looking at the trees. I love staring up at the sky. I like looking at the, I, I just love nature. And evolution could not explain nature to me. I'm like, there has to be a greater being who did this because everything just works in harmony and in unity. And so the fact that I would get so caught up in sitting down and just wondering about nature, I was like, there has to be a God. I choose to believe that there is a God, that there is this great artist up there who goes by so many names. Yes, God, but I also see an artist. I see him in so many other roles. Nature and me connecting nature back to God is what has kept me in church because I found God through through my inquisitive mind of just wanting to know what is happening. How is this possible? There has to be somebody who created this. Mm-hmm. That's pretty interesting. I've never had, I've never heard anyone, you know, but maybe one other individual mention, you know, nature being so <laughs> instrumental in their faith. Mm-hmm. So what would have been some of the lessons, <laughs> object lessons, of course, that you would have really learned from nature mm-hmm. that, you know, was so critical mm-hmm. to your faith mm-hmm. journey? Oh, the flowers. <laughs> oh, the flowers and the birds. It's it's amazing, the flowers and the birds. And it just always takes me back to that text that lets me know that, I mean, them flowers pretty, yes, they are beautiful. And uh, if God cares about those things that can't speak, can't do anything, but just be beautiful, I'm like, ah, oh, I am more intelligent than that. And I'm, I was created, the Bible tells me that I was created in his image, but the flowers and then the birds, they don't worry about getting fed. One day I did an experiment. I'm like, I'm going to see if this thing is true, where it says the birds don't have to worry about where they get food from. So I went outside and I threw, I have two parakeets. And so I went outside and I actually threw some of their food just up in the air. And I sat and I waited to see if birds would come. And the birds came. And I'm like, this thing is absolutely true. Those birds had no idea that Kenesha Sims would be throwing food out as an experiment for them. But somehow, like they found the food. I don't know how they found the food. I don't know where they came from. But the food was provided for them. And they they don't they don't even know me. But yet the food was provided for them. So birds and flowers always takes me back to that. T- text of where if God provides for the flowers and the birds, ah, I am much more than those things. So that's what keeps me grounded and keeps me connected to him. Just beautiful, simply beautiful. Now, as we grow uh, and as we bear fruit, you know, sometimes there are challenges. So for example, (laughs) I enjoy mangas very much, but sometimes you go and you pick a mango mm. and you find, you know, maggots inside. So as, as a Christian, sometimes mm-hmm, the devil mm-hmm. tries to cause maggots to enter your thoughts. 
you know, to ease out your faith. Absolutely. So what mm -hmm. would have been some of the, let's say, greatest challenges you would have had as a Christian? And then how mm. have you been able to overcome those challenges? My greatest challenge would have been self-perception and seeing myself through God's eyes. Because my past is a dirty, dirty, dirty one. But somehow in the midst of all that filth, I always knew I didn't want to accept. I ran. I did not want to accept that I knew God had something for me to do. But because of my past experiences, huh, I wouldn't even say the mistaken past, the things that I deliberately did, those things always when I looked in the mirror, I did not see who God created. I just saw my filth, my past. I saw my insecurities. I saw, oh, no, I could never be used by God because I did this thing and that thing. And no, no one forgives you for that. So no one will be, no one will believe me. No one will listen to me knowing that this, this was a part of my story. And so, yeah, self-worth definitely been a journey for me. I ran from being who he created me to be because of my early influences with just not being a reflection of who God was. Those things were actually, they weighed me down for many, 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 many years. So I didn't need somebody else telling me of my past. Oh, no, I was reminding myself of it. I, no one needed to do that. I was doing a great job <laughs> of <Wow>. that <laughs> self-worth and identifying that Christ created me with a purpose despite my past. Yeah, I, I couldn't see that. So looking in the mirror was not pleasant for me because when I looked, I only saw the things that I would have done and not who and the present day and the gift of the day that God had given me to say today I could start over. No, I didn't see each day as a gift. I just saw each day as a reminder of what I did. So how have you been able to transcend that experience to, I would say, accepting yourself and seeing yourself as the Bible would put it, you know, as a daughter, as, as a princess? Uh -huh. How have you been able to... Mm -hmm. get beyond that experience to do that yes wow <laughs> a lot of praying and a lot of crying and a lot of asking god why and then i think the revelation that i got was that we live in a world that, where there are opposites so if the Kenesha of the past did those horrible things there has to be an opposite side to me like i truly believe in in opposites so with that reality, one day I was like, well, if I did, if I was so good at being bad, I need to try what it is to being what it means to be good. And that light bulb moment went off. And that's where the journey of me crying out to God saying, OK, Lord, I need you to really show me how I could be good because I know how bad I could be. So show me how good I could be. And that's been a long, hard, hard journey because I had to face the realities of some stuff before I could have truly accepted that I could do and be better. Powerful stuff. And for those who listen and think that, you know, you are 
maybe sunk into deeply in the quagmire of sin, as our dear sister is <laughs> saying, you can just speak to God, you know, pray, and he will just open your hearts to receive his word. I want to give you mm -hmm. a chance to talk about your work as Children and Adolescent Ministers, Director of the South Bahamas Conference. You spoke earlier about mm -hmm. having mm -hmm. experience in youth ministry, but children's ministry was kind of new. So if you could talk to us about the transition into both and then what has mm -hmm. that experience been like so far? Mm. Oh, wow. Okay. So how I got into youth ministry, that in itself, again, I'd say, I wouldn't say God tricked me into that one, but I had no idea. I got a call that I was a part of the council for the conference with the youth. And I'm like, what's happening here? How did I even get there? Um, but I believe in God's wisdom. He knew that I would volunteer for such stuff. So he would have had persons to see beyond what I saw in me. And so they would have reached out to me stating that we know your value. We've seen you. We've heard you. And you can bring value to youth ministry. So I, I received the call that I needed to show up. And that's what I did. And that's how I got into youth ministry. But while it's in youth, in youth ministry, I found myself getting frustrated. Because I'm like, why are these youth not getting the message like why are they not getting it and i honestly used to feel very frustrated because i'm like how can't they see the beauty of what we're sharing with them how can't they see the simplicity of what god's love is it's not until i got tricked <laughs> air quotes into children's ministry when the lord said to me kenisha the reason you found yourself frustrated in youth ministry is because the youth did not get the true foundation of what you're going to now present to the children. They didn't get that. So it would have been harder for them to understand what you would have been sharing with them as youth. And so that's why I've now transitioned you into children's ministry for you to break it down, for you to make it simple to God's little prince and princesses. So that when they become the youth, they would have had that grounded foundation. So the frustration that I would have felt in youth ministry, prayerfully, the youth leaders for these now prince and princesses would not feel so frustrated. And I was like, you know what, God, you're a smart one. You know what? You're really, you you got plenty sense. I, I, I now understand why you do what you do and how you do what you do. So being in children's ministry has opened my eyes to seeing how valuable children are to God and to how the Bible doesn't lie when it tells that in order for us to get into heaven, we must become like these little ones. But I've also realized that as valuable as children are to God in the church, oh, we have done an injustice to recognizing them and seeing who they are. Because when we plan our programs, everything is adult-centric. Everything. We leave them out. Oh, we use the children as fillers. Oh, we need somebody to read a scripture as if that's the only thing a child can do. That's not the only thing a child can do. And so being now in children's ministry, I'm thinking as a child when I'm at programs to say, 
as a child, would that have really connected with me? If I was the one doing this, how would I have made this applicable to every demographic in church? And so I am, huh, I'm excited right now to be an advocate for children. Never, ever in a thousand years would I have ever thought that. But just retraining our leaders' minds to letting them see that God truly values children and we too need to do the same. And so this journey of recognizing the influence and the impact that I have as Auntie K can open so many doors to train our leaders, can open so many doors for our prince and princesses for them to see that you could be a happy Christian. Have you ever noticed when we say happy Sabbath, like the faces don't, how could you tell me happy Sabbath and your face looks so sour? So, <laughs> so it's like the Lord is using me to be an example to these kids, to let them see that, hey, Sabbath could be happy. Learning about God can be fun. I too, at this age, like I can do for God because in the Bible, we have, we have examples of children who used their influence for God, like name and slave girl. I love that little girl. I love her story. Oh my goodness. I love that story. You think of David, you think of Samuel, like there are children in the Bible who God used. It's just for us adults to realize that the church is made up of everyone and everyone includes God's little prince and princesses. So they too have a voice. They too are called to be disciples for God. So as Children's Ministries Director for the South Bahamas Conference, I'm enjoying this journey of realizing that I've become an advocate for the children. Never thought that would happen. But yeah, that, that's it in a nutshell. I must re-echo that gem. God really values children and we should do the same. Mm -hmm. You are so right. It's that there are mm -hmm. so many of us who didn't understand life until we became adults. So we can't relate to the needs of children. Just a bit of a personal experience I've had, just to cut it short, because of course it's your time. But I... <laughs> was thinking about some kids that I know. And I'm saying, you know, when I was their age, I didn't have half the knowledge that they have. And though mm -hmm. person said I was someone who was disciplined, I realized I was a terrible person. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and these kids that I might be having a problem <laughs> with, I really, you know, would say angels because they have so much where values and attitudes are concerned at their age. Mm -hmm. I was using a lot of filthy words <laughs> behind the scenes. Mm. So, I must mm -hmm. endorse and encourage you to continue to be an advocate for the little ones. Now, thank you. We'll see you, you know, and we'll hear you sharing all of your exciting um, episodes for the children. But what do you think would probably surprise most persons about you? Uh, since becoming NDK, a lot what of persons, when I tell them that Pastor NASA, Oh, that Pastor Nasa is my husband. I'm like, yeah. So as Auntie Kate, that surprises them that Pastor Nasa is my husband. But also what would surprise them about me? I don't like shoes. <laughs> I love walking around bare feet. Um, I, yeah, I, I, I don't like shoes at all. I don't like to comb my hair. 
I'm I'm a wild child. I'm I reflect nature. <laughs> so I think that surprises persons a lot because they're like, you're so put together and you speak so well. And I'm like, yeah, that's one side of me. Like I tell persons I'm an onion. They're different levels to me. But what really shocks them is when they actually see me in my element. They're like, oh, you really do like barefoot. You really don't like to go me your hair. Yeah. So that would surprise them, along with that Pastanasa is my husband. So we have let the cat out of the bag, so to speak. <laughs> but that's that's uh those are some good and also pleasant surprises. So I'm gonna get back to your role um as Antike. And in case the listeners are wondering, you know, what mm-hmm. is this Antike? All right, so Kenisha produces a program. Um, that is aired um, online. It serves a global audience. But of mm-hmm. course, I, I'm not equipped <laughs> to talk so much about it. So you spoke earlier about, you know, how it was conceptualized or, you know, how things mm-hmm. um, got started. <laughs> so I just wanted to just, you know, uh-huh. spread the table a bit broader and share, you know, what is your, mm. your online content uh, all about? Because I know mm. it's, it's not oh. just one okay. thing that you do. Uh, so share as much. Okay. Um, so Auntie K is a weekly Sabbath school now. It's primary Sabbath school program. But I have had uh, the bigger prince and princesses who are in early teens and juniors want to be a part of the program. And so it's opened for all ages. Because again, the message of this letting our children and adolescents know that you could do for God, no matter the platform. And so Auntie K is on YouTube every Sabbath. It's also on Miss Brenda's website called Kids Club for Jesus. Now that's a story that shocked me because I grew up watching Auntie Brenda, Miss Brenda on 3AVN. And uh, it was within the first month of becoming Auntie K that I received a phone call from her and I promise you my mouth was open she's talking and I don't recall hearing everything that she said because I was just looking at my husband saying Miss Brenda's on the phone <laughs> and she wants to use the NTK Children's Sabbath School program so it was just amazing to know that watching her had some influence on my life as to how presenting Jesus in, in nature and, and in a fun way And to now know that she would have been calling to ask if she could use the program because she said she absolutely loved it. So Kids Club for Jesus, it's there. And then I started receiving phone calls from countries all over the world asking, requesting if they can use the program for their local stations. So it's played in Ghana on Sabbaths. Jamaica, Canada, the US, and a few others that I don't remember because of the emails, they just come in and I'm just like, yes, go ahead and use it. Like it's free for all uses. uh, Ironically, we've also had some non-Seventh-day Adventist churches that actually use it in their churches on Sunday. That for me was amazing because I'm like, God, look at how we use our talents, the influence and the reach that it could have. So I was thinking about just the kids in Eleuthera, but God was like saying, this is going to reach the world and the world of Seventh-day Adventist churches, but it's also now outside of Seventh-day Adventist churches that it's being used and viewed um, as ministry. Uh, So there's YouTube, there is Kids Club for Jesus. It's also, it's on different local um, 
stations in different countries. But apart from being anti-K with the Sabbath school, the Lord also opened my mind to starting a devotional. And so every day there's it's Devo Tribe. Every day there's a devotional. So every day your kids have content, godly and wholesome content that they can watch, that they where seeds can be planted. And so the Anti-K Children's Sabbath School program is, and I'm sure there, there are more seeds that God will plant in terms of content to reach kids, but taking it in stride. And I think God is also still giving me my time to accept this thing because there are days where I'm like, what, how is this even possible? And also providing me human resources because it's a lot. It's a lot to do every week to produce all of those content and to have persons. And God has sent prince and princesses who are regulars on the program I, I love the fact that they too have joined the community of ministry and now painting a picture to the other prince and princesses who are watching and saying, well, if Nayel could do it, I could do it. If Princess Mallory could do it, I could do it. And Princess Davincia. And so I believe in inclusivity. So it's not just me sharing the gospel, but them seeing examples of their age and, and their gender also joining force joining in with myself and the other adults a part of the program to see that we could all work together in the ministry of Christ. That is so beautiful. And what I so love is when you mention, you know, the prince and princesses, because sometimes uh, we, when we refer to, you know, the, the younger ones, you know, we talk about you being, you're stressing, you know, or I'm frustrated or you talk so much and you give so much problems but when you are considered to be a prince or a princess then it makes you mm -hmm. sound mm -hmm. so um special you have partially answered one of the questions yeah. i had in mind in terms of you know how do you really get the time you know to put together the program because of course it's not just one it's not just one production the weekly sub of school but you are also doing your daily devotional. So, you know, how do you really get the time? You mentioned human resource, but how? <laughs> That's a question, how? <laughs> how? That's a very good question because I'm like, Lord, you probably give me three extra hours in every day because I still don't understand how it is I'm able to do all of that. But when I began, when the Antigate Sabbath School program began, I was a housewife. And so, of course, I had all the time in the world. But we were relocated to New Province. And then I started working for our conference in our media department because we have a TV station and a radio station. And then I was also gifted <laughs> the position of Children's Ministries Director. Um, I appreciate and I love the fact that my conference understands my vision. And so they allot me the time to record still being anti-K but then they also use the content also. So it's still as if I'm at work. So whether I'm doing anti-K or I'm doing children's ministries work, they merge together. And so the time is there for me to do it. So thankfully, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful. I'm eternally grateful for that. Yes, that is beautiful. You know, nowadays people talk about, you know, not working nine to five and doing your own thing. 
But sometimes we don't, you know, see it the way you have expressed it to say, you know, it can merge. It's not about quitting one for the other, but sometimes it's mm -hmm. just about merging. Mm. Now, I want to ask a question with regards to balance as I've, I'm, I'm following up on, you know, the how, mm. because of course, mm -hmm. you are not just a content creator in terms of, you know, children's ministry. You're not just working for the conference, but you do have your Mm -hmm. role to play as a sister you know to your siblings maybe as an mm -hmm. aunt to your you know nephews and nieces and of course I would mm -hmm. say more especially you know to be a spouse so how do you really balance yes. things out you know juggling so many hats so to speak how are you maybe able to maintain balance and also of course not to neglect your own spiritual development because that is critical as well mm-hmm um, that's a question I ask myself daily because what I realize we can get caught up in the whirlwind of ministry and say, I'm doing for God. And we forget to live. Actually, we forget that you still have to have that balance of family life, of work life, of spiritual life. And so it has been a journey, has been a journey of me learning how to do that. And the Honest answer is the guidance of the Holy Spirit, because if it was up to me, I would have been burnt out. I probably, my relationship with my family members would not have been the way it is. I'm sure there would have been friction in my marriage, but it's the Holy Spirit, absolutely the Holy Spirit that's guiding me and correcting me. Now, I don't get it right all the time, but learning from mistakes, learning as I go helps me. So I can't write a book yet on it as to how to balance it, but it's just the guidance of the Holy Spirit, really and truly. It's more power to the Spirit. Yeah, so okay, if you weren't finished, you can continue. Sorry to cut in. No, yeah, that was that. The, the, the honest answer is the Holy Spirit, because ah, Kanisha can't do it. <laughs> I would run amok. I really would. It, it would <laughs> it's guidance of Holy Spirit, like truly praying, like, okay, Lord, you know, I have a million things on this day to do. Show me what I don't need to do, because I'm also, I wouldn't call myself a perfectionist, but I'm very productive. And when I believe in a project, I go all in. And so it's having to hone the reality of you still need time to rest. You put so much into ministry, but are you putting this same effort into you? And so I had to learn that. Like, God and I, we're, we're on that journey. We're on that journey. I've gotten better. I'm not 100% there, but I've gotten better because everything just came at me all at once. Like it was like, I was housewifing it for five years at all the free time. And then we returned to Nassau and it was like, all the roles just came. They just started coming just out of the woodwork and it's like, Lord, my nieces and nephews, I'm their favorite auntie. So they, they love me. And, and for five years, they just knew that I was always available. And now all of a sudden I'm not readily available all the time. Being a pastor's wife, I was always at church with my husband there. And then now because of other responsibilities, there are some Sabbaths I'm actually traveling outside of the Bahamas. There are some Sabbaths I have to go to other churches. So it's like creating the balance in every area of my life. And um, it's not an easy process, but a needed process. So again, relying on the Holy Spirit for guidance and counsel as to how I can go about this. 
Amen. Reliance on the Holy Spirit. So for those who are busy, 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 <laughs> thinking you can conquer the world, you can't without <laughs> you know the indwelling mm -mm. power of the Holy Spirit. So it's always important yeah. to consult. I'm going to ask another question with regards to your work because I'm sure you do have and take speaking appointments at times. So let us say someone would like <sighs> to get in touch with you know is there a way do you maybe have a website they can reach you on how do persons really connect with you for whatever mm. appointments i do i do take speaking engagements i've had to learn the art of saying no also because <laughs> i never used to say no before because in this journey of walking with christ i also realized that i was a people pleaser and so I've had to learn how to not be that because I cannot be everything for everyone. I know it would be great for to have me at presentation, but I've also had to learn how to say no and say it graciously. And just let them know that I'm not available at this time. So, but I do take speaking engagements internationally, locally, regionally. Yes. So the amount of arenas and stages that I've been on since becoming NDK. I'm like, sometimes I'm up there talking and I'm like, who is this person? Like, what are you doing here? How is this even possible? But I do take them. And persons can reach me at my email address, antikcssl at gmail.com. That's A-U-N-T-Y-K-C-S-S-L at gmail.com. And um, I make it a practice to respond to everyone who reaches out to me because I... I know what that can do for someone just to know that, yes, I'm available to respond. I'm not just in front of the screen every Sabbath being this lovely person, but behind, when the screen is off, I'm like, uh-uh, no. Uh, no. <laughs> I'm practicing what persons see in the camera and on their screen, also behind it too. So I respond to every email. If I'm available, I'll let you know. If I'm not available, I'll also let you know. But I take speaking engagements no matter the size, no matter the venue, no matter the cause. Yes. And it's free of cost also. Yeah, that's it's something that I need to say because persons have asked me if I do take an honorarium. I'm at this point in my journey with Christ in ministry where it's hard for me to charge someone to do something like that. Now, if they want to gift me something, that's up to them. But that's not a part of who I am and the requirement for me to engage in a speaking engagement so it's free of cost in term and also the anti gay children's sabbath school programs when stations reach out to me they asked what's the cost and i'm like it's free it's there use it the price is just to share it that's it share it free indeed <laughs> free indeed but of course <laughs> persons you know should understand in context that yeah you're not going to be charging but you know there are certain things that they should know to take care of. So, I mean, you don't even have to say that. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, they, yes, they, yes. <laughs> yes. They would be very much aware of that. I'm going to ask you what, you know, it's kind of a heavy question, but I, I know you can answer. So, in a conversation with someone who has never heard about God, what would you tell him mm -hmm. or her about God from your own experience? Or to make it simpler, who is God to Kenesha Sims? Mm, well, that, I have countless testimonies and stories of who he is to me. 
And so I would just share from my experience who he has been and has always been for me. And I believe also that our continents shares in our message. So when I speak about Christ, like it's 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 not coming from a sad place. Like I'm smiling and I, I'm I'm showing them that this thing is real. Like this thing is coming from my heart. So when I speak about him, I'm not not showing you that I'm happy to be living this life. And so it, there's always going to be a smile when I talk about God because I, I can't help it. Because when I think of what he has done ooh, and the miry clay that he has brought me from, the only thing I could do is smile. The only thing I could do is truly share from the happiest place the joy of what it means to be in Christ and to walk with him. And I always use nature. There's there's always some reflection on nature because that's who God is to me. And then I also make God very personable. I'm like, God is not just, because at one point in life, I looked God as just this holy being. That's it. I didn't see him as anything else. And so he was this holy being and I got the imagery from after I watched The Little Mermaid. He had the scepter in his hand and he was just waiting for me to sin, for him to zap me. That's how I saw God growing up. But now I see him as everything. If I want to fix my hair, I'm like, okay, God, you're my hairstylist today. I'm going to need you to tell me which hairstyle is going to go with this outfit. Like I make him my everything. He's my fashion designer. When I go out in nature, I'm like, okay, God, surprise me with something. What what are you going to use to make me smile in nature? So I made him my everything. And because I've made him now my everything, I, like, I've taken him out of the box of, oh, he's just holy. He's just supreme. I've taken him out of that box of released the prison that I had him in to now make person see that I see him honestly as my everything. You mentioned earlier of the of Jack Lassen of the mango and I smiled because when I picture heaven, I picture me and God sitting by my mansion under a mango tree that's going to have all the different mangoes because I have questions. He and I are going to have to hold a meditation like we're going to hold a meditation by myself sitting now and eating mango. So like I make him personal to who I am and to how I enjoy and how I see the world. And so I see also see God as my mango eating partner. Like that is how real like I made him in my life. So when I share with persons who God is to me, I share him just exactly how I see him for me. I don't know if that approach works for everyone, but for me, I can only do me. Yeah. What I will say uh, when I listen to you throughout the years, I mean, I'm past that age now, but that's one of the things we <laughs> often say, you know, we hear about God of Peter, you know, <laughs> Of course, you'll hear people say, you know, you're the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, mm -hmm. the God of Jacob. But aren't you the God of Kenesha? You know, aren't you the God of Marvin? Exactly. So when we mm -hmm. personalize our relationship with 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 him mm -hmm. and we share from that experience, then really and truly it resonates more with those we listen to. And I must I must say yes. one thing too, of course, not to you, Kenesha, but to the listeners. Um we were at university during the same time. Maybe we didn't necessarily, you know, hang together or talk too much. But from my mm -hmm. recollection, you know, you always had this natural energy and seemed to be at mm. peace and warm. So when I hear you talk about, you know, it, it's not, we'd say, you didn't use this word, a put on. I can say it is true because you always had mm. this mm, thank natural you. energy. Yes. So as we 
Thank you. More toward the close of the show. I know when we are busy, mm-hmm. you know, we get more things to do, more ideas. So what is one thing you mm-hmm. feel that God is inviting you to do right now? So let us say you could start another <gasps> right ministry now? or you could build on what you are currently doing. You know, what would that be? And then maybe who would it mm-hmm. serve? It's actually, it's amazing that you've asked that question because just last week I sent out a survey to um, all the parents in the world that's on my WhatsApp asking them, like I'm, I feel led to do a mission project. And that's just been in my mind, just it's making its rounds. Like it keeps coming back to there's a mission that project that I would love to do, and I'd love to do it with the children and make it get, make it an international project. So that's where my mind is right now, because little did I know that some years back before I became Auntie before I was the pastor's wife, before I was truly serious as I am today with Christ, I actually did the, I'm a certified missionary. Like I trained to be a missionary. And so it's that that calling is still in my heart to want to do mission work. And the year that I was actually supposed to go and do mission work, I got married. <laughs> and so there is, it's still in my heart to want to do this. And so this is a project that's, that's at the forefront of my mind. What mission could I partake in and invite the children? And actually the responses that I got from parents when I sent in the, all, the parents all over the world was like, yes, please do it. And we want our kids to be a part of it. And I'm like, yep, they, they've caught the vision. It's just now I'm, I'm praying and saying, okay, Lord, what is it? When will it be? And how can we orchestrate it? So that's that's the mission that's the project right now in my mind. And I'm like, Lord, okay, you will really have to give me six more hours in each day because I don't know how I'm going to plan this. <laughs> but that's what's, that's, what's, that's what's at the forefront currently. That is awesome. And you say you don't know how you are going to plan it. Don't worry. God has already started putting the plans together. I must say mm-hmm. thanks for coming to share with us, not just your story, not just your ministry, but also your personality on Upward Way. We have been speaking with Kenesha Sims, a.k.a. Auntie Kay. She serves as Children and Adolescent Ministries Director of the South Bahamas Conference. But of course, before we go, as is customary on this show, do you have any parting words to share with our listeners? The parting words would be, I need for us bigger prince and princesses to see through the eyes of God. Ask him to show us through his lens what and how it is we can encourage our prince and princesses because they have little hearts that can minister for God also. They are never too little to do for God. And so recognize and going forward, make the adjustment in seeing that these little ones they are precious in his sight because we sing that song all so often, but it's absolutely true. They are precious in his sight. And so let us not overlook them. Let us not put them on the back burner. Let us see them as how God sees them. Beautiful. We should see the children the same way that God sees them. Don't put them on the back burner, but treat them with the mm-hmm. importance that they deserve. Yes. You've been in tune mm-hmm. to Upward Way. 
do join us again next week when we'll have another interesting guest sharing his or her story of faith. Subscribe to weekly episodes on the Apple, AWR, Lord Voice, Spotify, Stitcher, or Podcast Guru apps. You're also welcome to visit Upward Way webpage and Facebook page. Click like and leave a comment. And if you enjoy the content that we have been sharing, you can also pledge your donations to ensure that in the future we continue to produce these episodes. Until then, I'm Marlon Walter saying goodbye. May God bless you. You've been listening to the Upward Way podcast, the number one audio production show for people who want encouragement and reassurance in a muddled world.